Hello, faculty and students of Cranston High School West. This is Emma Hanley and Hope DiBiasio speaking to you live from Cranston High School West studios. Today, we will be discussing euthanasia. Hope and I personally believe in the right to die with dignity for a terminally ill patient and why the rights of the people should always prevail over holier-than-now politicians and governments and the rest of the country. To start off, euthanasia is the practice of unpainfully killing a medical patient with an uncurable terminal disease or coma. This practice is illegal in most countries, with exceptions of Belgium, India, Canada, Colombia, Luxembourg, and the Netherlands. Furthermore, when a doctor provides a terminally ill patient with proper means of ending their life peacefully, such as prescribing lethal doses of drugs, this is called physician-assistant suicide. In addition, the right to die is a concept based on the opinion that humans have the right to voluntarily end their life through undergoing euthanasia. Euthanasia is a very concise process that many people do not understand. There are four different types of euthanasia, voluntary, non-voluntary, active, and passive euthanasia. Non-voluntary euthanasia is where a person is unable to give their consent to treatment and another person makes the decision on their behalf. Active euthanasia is sometimes used to refer to deliberately intervening to end someone's life. Passive euthanasia is sometimes used to refer to causing someone's death by withholding treatment necessary to maintain their life. Euthanasia has many layers that Hope and I will be dissecting in this podcast. The fact that euthanasia is illegal has affected many terminally ill patients, one being Noel Conway, a terminally ill man with motor neuron disease. Listen to this recording of Noel Conway himself. I do not want to die very slowly of suffocation and being semi-conscious until I'm in a position where, you know, I don't even know what's going on. That's called, for some people, they say, you know, that, that's, that's good palliative care. Well, I'm sorry. That's just not an acceptable option for me. And my consultant can't tell me how long it will take. No one can. Could be days, could be weeks be even longer. I, I, I'm going to be left uh, in, a, in a situation at some stage when I, I can't face that suffer, amount of suffering of actually being you know, locked in my own body um, or, or facing um, a slow suffocating death, uh, drifting off into semi-consciousness. Why should I have to do that? I know I'm going to die. There are many logistics of the illegal practice of euthanasia, with one being the Hippocratic Oath. The Hippocratic Oath is one of the oldest binding documents in history that is held sacred by physicians. To treat the ill to the best of one's ability and to preserve a patient's privacy, the Hippocratic Oath states that if it is given me to save a life, all thanks a physician sworn to preserve a life at all costs, contradicts the practice of euthanasia. For example, here is an interview with Dr. Kevorkian, who was notorious for practicing euthanasia on his patients. I, I want to show that uh, uh, my, I want to demonstrate my uh, cardinal rule in 
ethics, which is personal autonomy. And a person, uh, the patient has a desire and a wish to end his life. It's up to a physician with his medical expertise, combined with logic and common sense, and a, and a totally free mind to evaluate whether this person's desire and wish is, uh, is medically justifiable. And if it is, then I think it's a, it's a physician's duty to offer that option to the patient. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's entirely autonomy, and that's what I wanted to demonstrate. And I wanted to demonstrate also that not, there's a great need for it in this country and that the medical profession is responsible for a great lack of, it's, uh, for a great lack of responsibility and in that lack of responsibility has uh, created much of the ethical dilemma in this field. It is common knowledge that an animal that is suffering will be put down. It is viewed as humane and merciful to end an innocent animal's suffering. The medication for a pet's euthanasia is, however, different from a human's. Pentobarbital, a seizure inducer, will render the pet unconscious and shut down her primary organs in less than two minutes. The animal will feel nothing and be relieved of any intense pain and finally be at peace. The dosage is different for humans, but the process and mentality is the same to end the suffering. Religious beliefs have been applied to many aspects of the world. Religion has shaped many beliefs today, one being euthanasia. The Roman Catholic Church has expressed its detest for the practice of euthanasia through Bible verses. Ecclesiastes 8.8 states, No man has the power to retain the spirit or power over the day of death. There is no discharge from war, nor will wickedness deliver those who are given it. These beliefs influence views towards euthanasia and cause people to resent the practice. In recent years, there has been an overall push for human rights. Euthanasia is the epitome of free will, as terminally ill patient can end their suffering and be at peace. The subject of euthanasia is changed from what is right to what are the rights. Our natural rights are stemmed from the belief that everyone has the right to life. But when that life is compromised of terminal illness and endless suffering through incurable diseases, the government should not be able to decide the course of your life. The terminally ill have a strong desire to die with dignity. However, the government believes that they are protecting them by making euthanasia illegal. It is believed that the government cares about the interests of the terminally ill, but by restricting their only path to peace, the government proves that it has overstepped its legal authority. We understand that euthanasia is not a black and white matter. However, if you believe in let live live, then why not let die die?